When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really lovely. It's kind of really shot really nice and warmly and homely as well. And the relationship she has with her dad is, is mm. like really lovely as well. So yeah, I really... It is a film that I've recommended to everyone. Anytime anyone says, oh, I don't know what to watch on Netflix. Mike, have you seen the half of it? It's just about that kind of initial feeling that a lot of queer teens have, uh, which is that kind of first exploration of, I like this person, but I shouldn't. But do I? But should I? But they're like, back. Okay, we both like each other, but kind of thing. So, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, yeah, it's probably not right that she catfished all that time, but, you know, she needed the money. <laughs> Hello film fans, joining Flix Watcher today we have Neha, Hi. Karis, Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we're here to review the half of it. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely, we have Neha and Karis. If you could please say hello to our listeners, tell them about the pod work you do and a bit more about who you are. Hi, um, I'm Karis and Neha's here too. Uh, we have a podcast called Not Having It All. It is a film and TV podcast, but with a bit of a laid back attitude. We do know a lot about film. I went to film school, I'm a filmmaker and Neha is very much into film and media, but we get things wrong. We say the wrong names, we get the dates wrong we can't believe that 10 years ago was 2011 but we just love talking about films and tv and it's a safe space for us to do that and we have a bit of fun with it too we also do news and reviews we talk about upcoming films and um also have our own cinema rating which is if we would run walk or slowly jog to the cinema and that's us (laughs) how come there's no option to not go to the cinema (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes you just have to see it for yourself (laughs) sure there is there is that sometimes i can't remember what films i've seen where i've just gone I, yeah like fantastic four everyone said it's rubbish but it's like no i need to see it i need I to see to it see myself it. yeah and it was horrific and i've told people <laughs> that and they've gone since and they've told me it's horrific and i was like yeah i told you but you had to go and see it for yourself so um yeah. look for punishment see people say the film's crap i'm like no nah, i'm not gonna watch that then <laughs> <laughs> i'll heed your warning <laughs> <laughs> now who are you who am I? I yeah. am the lazy person who doesn't really go and see films of the first couple of days unless it's like something I really want to see. But I tend to listen a lot to what people tell me. Mm. So yeah, I, maybe I need to shift that up. Maybe I need to go and see some like crappy movies just to experience that. Be, be wrong in my wrongness. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Um, maybe, maybe not at London prices. Yeah. Well, that's just, this is why I have a Cineworld card because then you pay £20 a month and you can see as many films as you want. Mm. And it's just more about just time. Um, I, yeah, 
I will yeah. say I watch more crap films when I had a Cineworld card. <laughs> <laughs> it almost be, invites you to do it. <laughs> it did do it. There's one, there's like one stage. My, there's like one stage <laughs> in my life where I didn't look at the TV guide. I just went, I'll just go to the cinema because it's the same price. It's free. Uh, I've paid an hour and I'll go and see many bad films, but many, many more awesome films. But yeah, tell us a bit about not having all. Do you talk about films specifically on each show or is it a vibe each time? Or is it, or do you kind of get, kind of mix it up? We mix it up, yeah. So, I mean, the news and reviews is a new thing that is pretty consistent. Um, we have Laverne, who's great. Yeah, she, she drops in, doesn't she? Yeah, she drops in to talk about news and reviews and she's great. But yeah, we switch it up. So we'll do um, an episode about a specific theme. So maybe we're talking about LGBT plus characters in cinema or we're talking about we recently did one on Angela Bassett so we'll do sort of like actor director focused episodes and they're all really fun we get to learn a lot about the themes that we're also working on so it, it's just a fun journey for us to be on and like Kara said everything is very casual and we make mistakes and it's fun and it's very kind of collaborative so it's a good time well speaking of LGBT characters you brought in the half of it which is your choice now can you tell us why you chose it and then you've got 60 seconds or less for a synopsis. Cool. So why I chose it? Three reasons. I anytime there is a lead character who is a person of colour, I'm very much into that. I it's what I love most. Um so the minute I found Leah Lewis was going to be in this film and it was also directed by um an Asian woman, I was like, yep, I'm in, I'm gonna watch it. Um I also love love. So if anyone does watch listen to not having it all, romance is like my favorite thing. I am a cheesy bee. So when I found out that there was that element, I was also into it. And also coming of age. Um, so many good coming-of-age films. Like, it's very much something that I'm into. So it all sort of tied into something that I think I was going to enjoy anyway. And I did. Uh, had you not seen this before you, Before choosing it? No, I had. I had. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, time for the synopsis. This stresses me out, but let's try it. <laughs> keep it simple. Keep it simple. Okay, keep it simple. So, it tells the story of Ellie Chu, who grows up in Square Hamish. Ellie Chu is played by Leah Lewis. And she lives with her widowed father. It's just the two of them. And she also kind of helps him with the station mat because he's a station manager. She does all of that. She's quite introverted. She doesn't have a lot of friends. She makes extra money doing kind of popular kids' homework for them because she's really smart. And she meets Paul Munsky. Got 35 seconds, right? She meets Paul Munsky, <laughs> who um, likes a girl named Asta and gets in touch with Ellie and was like, hey, can you help me get Asta? So Ellie decides that he's just going to help. And then along the way, Ellie kind of, you find out that, you know, she likes Asta. You've got this whole sort of like her friendship with Paul and there's like religious stuff and I'm running out of time, but that is the film. It's coming of age. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like Red. the pressure that this puts on you. Um, I should say that myself and Helen had to do this for our 200th and 100th episode mm -hmm. and it is hard to get the synopsis down. Uh, but, so well done. Well done. Karis, what are your thoughts on, on the half of it? So, so what will happen with me and Neha is that if we watch a film we really love, we will text each other straight away. Um, and I got a text from her when this first came out, which I think was late last year or earlier this year. And um, I said, you have to watch this film. It's so brilliant. It's, it's LGBTQ. We've got, we've got like a person of colour lead, Like you have to watch this. And I was meant to, and then I didn't. And then we did it for this podcast. I was like, I'm going to watch it now. Um, <laughs> the film is great because 20 years ago, the story would have been that the girl falls in love with the guy. Like the guy, like um, Paul needs Ellie to write her, write him love letters for this Astar. 20 years ago, they would have fell in love, just Ellie and Paul. And there's elements in the film where you think it's going that way. 
and it doesn't. And I love that. But I love that it was very much about a coming of age element in a small town as well and how she is the geeky girl. And she kind of has the whole, like, she's going to a party for the first time. She's getting drunk for the first time. She's enjoying new things for the first time. And you've got this kind of teacher, like everyone wants that teacher that really loves them, like it's that surrogate parent. And so there's all these brilliant little elements, but the twist of her being gay is just so brilliant. And it's not like it's very much in your face, like, ha ha, you didn't see that coming. It's so sweet and lovingly done. And the religion bit as well, like there's so many different things going on. It's quite a wild film for something that's actually quite simple and laid back and um quite funny as well so yeah that's that's why i really really love this film helen what are your thoughts no one's mentioned taco sausage yet so there's also like <laughs> yeah! taco, taco sausage yeah um i'd never heard of this and i was just like really really enjoyed spending time with ellie i thought leah lewis was so brilliant like absolutely loved her Sharon Van Etten's 17 is like one of my favourite all-time songs. So that needle drop was like, yes, this is the film I want to be watching now. And I really, really love the ending. The ending is just like, love is messy and disruptive and nothing kind of gets like neatly tied up at the end. And I thought, yeah, that's great. Like, no to like marrying the guy you're meant to marry and just like doing things that like scare you. So um, yeah. I, I had a really great time with this and it just really like pleasantly surprised me because you never kind of know what you're going to get with kind of like sort of slightly rom com things on Netflix um, can, can either go either way. But yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really lovely. It's kind of really shot really nice and warmly and homely as well. And the relationship she has with her dad is, is mm. like really lovely as well. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think we, we are at quite an exciting time. I'm sure you guys talked about it more in your podcast where like I say, Person of Colour as lead and uh, female director. So we've had Always Be My Maybe on here. We've had Tour the Boys I Love Before, which have both scored pretty high. And it's, it's great seeing more of these films. It's great seeing like Lulu Wang doing well. It's great seeing Chloe Zhao, Kate Heron smashing out the part with Loki. Uh, more and more female directors implanting their voices on this. And I completely agree with what Karis is saying. If it was 20, 10, five years ago, the story would have been different. They would have, um, Muncie would have got the girl or they would have got together and it would have been like, oh, this is a bit of a, this is a bit shit. It's what you would have expected. <laughs> um, I can't remember what happens in Roxanne or Serrano de Bergerac. I've only seen a long time ago, but I assume that's what kind of happens. I think it's just really, it's a really nice tight film. Perhaps not my favourite. I think I, I much preferred To All The Boys I Loved Before, but I'm always going to be happy to see more and more of these films. In terms of the LGBT uh, plus side of things, I'm not even convinced that she was necessarily gay, but I think she just really loved Asta. And Asta was like her full focus. But also I love the fact it, it wasn't about her being potentially gay or or not. And this yeah. is what we need more from in stories. It doesn't it doesn't need to be the thrust of here's a gay person. This is their story. This is like, here is Ellie Chu and she's in love with this person and she happens to be a woman. And that's it's subtle differences. And I think we've seen we're starting to see more of that and we need to see more of that just generally and not make a deal of it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I think interestingly <laughs> What's really cool is that Alice Wu, who directed the film, said mm. that when she first went to make the film, um, the characters, like, they were set, I think they were in their 20s, and the, the kind of original idea of the film was based on Alice Wu's friendship with a man that broke down because that man entered a relationship. And so it really is the story between Paul Munsky and Ellie Chu, and not necessarily mm. the breakdown of their relationship, but sort of those kind of, like, trials and tribulations of 
you know, you had that whole thing where he told Ellie that it was a sin for her to be anything other than straight. Like you had all of those like little pockets. Yeah, that was dark. Yeah. And that kind of exploration about how actually sometimes platonic heartbreak is very real. Like we've all, Mm. I'm sure we've all lost friends or we've all kind of drifted apart from people that we were once really close to. And that's really quite like, that's just as devastating as breaking up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So I thought that that really spoke. I think that once, I learned that I could really see it in the film on the second watch. I think that the relationship with him was really powerful. And there's that scene where Paul asks Ellie, why are you still here? Why are you going to stay here? And she, she kind of gets uppity about it because obviously she's thinking, about, I need to be with my dad. I need to be close. And he just kind of lays out his stories like, look, I've got nothing here. My whole life is making some sausages and no one's interested in me making a slightly different sausage. Um, but that's where my life is. And, you know, it's really simple, but he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. And that really was like that kind of outpouring was like, oh, this guy's not, that is perhaps simple, but he's not to be written off. You know what I mean? And that's where their relationship really held together and him taking her out when she was too drunk. Beautiful. It's that kind of stuff. It's like, you've, you've had too much. I'm going to take you home, take care of you. Didn't take advantage, which is what you probably see in some films as well. And it was just, it was just a nice interplay between them both. I thought. Mm, yeah. Definitely. And like the, the writing of the letters, you know, they kind of have this like real genuine connection, obviously not with the people that they think it is with, but kind of having someone who kind of gets you and understands you and kind of like feels how you feel. It was just kind of like really nice to see that play out. But then also it was like, didn't end up in kind of like a happy ending kind of way. So it's like, this is kind of reality that sometimes you think things can be kind of all perfect and wonderful and they might not work out. So it was kind of quite honest and, not kind of the storytelling that we're probably used to in that, you know, if you're this, 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 and this, you're going to get the girl kind of thing. So I, I, I find it really like refreshing and like quite thoughtful as well. Yeah. It's, it's interesting with the letters as well. Cause we've like, we, we talk about catfishing so much on online element, but mm. people have been doing that for a very long time through letters and elements like that. And there's another Netflix film, uh, Sierra Burgess is such a loser. Is that the right one? Neha? Yeah. No, it's yeah. Yeah. So you had like a catfishing element there where the kind of like less popular person catfishes someone who's quite popular, which I mean, some people did that in my school. Did they do that at your school? Neha? No. Where did you go to school? Okay. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Never mind. But we, we you kind of have that element where it's you're falling in love with the personality and obviously it is an element of betrayal. Um, but it's that genuine connection that you have. And I think for young um gay teens, it, that's what happens quite a lot, is that they have this really great connection, but you there's always that underlying and I love what you said, Kobe, about how we never find out if she's a lesbian and whether Asta's a lesbian or whether they're bi or whether they're pan. It's just this genuine connection and, and feeling they have for each other, which I think is really great. And I think a lot of films, they rush to label something so they can tick a representation box. And I think a lot of the time it's focusing on the story and the feelings and the elements of that. Like maybe Ellie went off to college and, you know, found a guy that she liked and Asta went off and found a girl that she liked. It's, it's just about that kind of initial feeling that a lot of, queer teens have uh, which is that kind of first exploration of I like this person but I shouldn't but do I but should I but they're like back okay we both like each other but kind of thing so yeah it was interesting I mean yeah it's probably not right that she catfished all that time but you know she needed the money (laughs) (laughs) she needed that 50 quid Um, (laughs) what did you what do you reckon of uh, Paul Munsky as a guy as a character the himbo (laughs) Neha has this Neha has this um 
this description she uses for every film we watch, which is where it's a lovable jock. <laughs> and I was going to ask you, is this a lovable jock or is this a himbo? Because there's a difference sometimes. I think he's a lovable jock. Okay. Um, he plays actually, American football. Like, he's the star runner, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's got to be a jock. So I think he sits on the fringe. I think we've got someone who is beginning to move out of that kind of stereotypical small town mentality that he's grown up in. In the way that I think we all do that at that point when we leave our hometowns and start to experience the world. I think that's where he is. I love Paul. I think he he could have been homophobic the entire film, but chose not to. And I feel like that's redeeming. What I like is the, I do like this small town design i think you see it mainly in uh u.s films where they people feel either stuck or resigned to it or they need to just burst out like some kind of cocoon um and i thought it's quite interesting that ellie was happy to be resigned to it but knowing that but other people like you should not be here what are you doing and i think like ladybird as well as a this well, it's north cap north california as well as a do, do we need to get out or do you need are you going to stay here even though you're far brighter than, than the town deserves yeah i agree and i think what's really interesting about and Helen mentioned this when you know she was talking about what she thought of the film. It's really it's shot really well. I think there's mm. there's this sort of people have this image of small town America being very like tumbleweedy and not pretty and just kind of out in the sticks and very kind of desolate. But the way they do it, they make the town feel so warm, even though it is small and it is sort of it's quite kind of not a lot is going on. But you can I feel like the way that the film is done, you can feel that there's heart, which I thought was um, I thought was really good. I thought it was quite cute how they met at that kind of meet cute, even though they must have met before. And she's cycling uphill. Yeah. What turns out to be very slowly, or he's running super fast, which might be lent, <laughs> yeah. lent into his, uh, yeah. hey, wait. And each time they met with on this on this strip, I was like, dude, just wait to get to school. Mm. Uh, you, can, you can talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Bye. We don't, it's funny, like, it's funny because we don't see that kind of small town conversation happen in the UK, like film, because it definitely happens. Like it must happen in small like villages and ele mm. elements like that. And like my best friend, like her family run a farm and like they had that conversation a lot. Like she thought, am I going to grow up and run this farm or am I going to move away to university? And I think I love that small town element. Like I love Friday Night Lights. I love the whole like mm. this town only cares about one thing and it's the ball and guard, which is terrifying. Um, but I liked how... One of the things I loved is that there was always a desire not for them to just get with a boyfriend or girlfriend. It was to get something and get out. And I remember reading an interview where she kind of says, um, the lead actress, Ellie True, says, like, the film isn't about getting with someone. It's about getting something. Because at the end of the film, nobody ends up together. Like, no one goes off into the sunset together, which I think is quite a nice ending sometimes. I think a lot of films wrap things up too nicely. And even things like Superbad, like Superbad, no one ends up in the end together. And there's all these kind of, it's all about the journey. And I expected this film to be like, okay, they get together in the end and they go to prom and it's like two girls at prom kind of thing. And it didn't. It was more about kind of, I love I love films that end on trains because it's all very <laughs> symbolic. I did my first film on a train. Like it's all symbolic. You're going away in a journey, in a direction. I did so, like yeah. that Chekhov's train. I did like that Chekhov's train where they set it up in the, in the piece. And one, th one thing I was genuinely horrified for them all was when, um, I can't remember Astor's boyfriend, even though it wasn't so Trig. clear whether they're together, Trig. Trig. When he proposed to her when he proposed to her in the uh, in the church, and she and she said yes, I said like, no. There was no. <laughs> there was like a graduate moment, wasn't there? It yeah. was like the graduate, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, so I'm glad she escaped that because again, that's kind of re resigning yourself to the fates that you weren't, you didn't really want. So I'm glad that didn't happen. At 18, 
18 to, to be proposed to and say yes is people do that crazy though, don't they? yeah and it's like in front of everyone sweethearts and the like boyfriends from high school it's like see the world <laughs> i know don't settle, Get, don't settle. that's man. the best thing isn't it it's like she doesn't settle and it's mm. like you know you don't have to settle this is a message in life to like every woman you do not have to settle you can dream bigger, and this film is an example of that. I do. I will say, I wish we saw more of Aster though, because I feel like we she was a little bit one dimensional in a way, um, mm. and there was only like small elements, like when she's in the school and they tell her to wear a, a scarf um, so she can match in with the other girls. So I feel like we could have seen a bit more of her. Like, there's that really nice moment where they're, they're in like the hot springs, um, mm. and you get a little bit of a connection. But yeah, I feel like because she was this big option, like not object of desire i still feel like i didn't know too much about her in a way so yeah that's probably my only criticism when it comes to character development but we had so much of ellie and paul so and Trig carson what do you think um Asta was running away from when paul tried to kiss ellie was it was she were running away from the fact that she thinks she found out she was catfished or that she was feeling attracted to either paul and ellie and they didn't realize she didn't realize there's a connection with them or that was kind of a, an interesting scene, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, I'd not really thought about it. I think it could be Me any too. of them. Yeah. I would think that it was... I she, she says that she, she knew it was her anyway mm. at one point. She said she knew all along. It's yeah. kind of deep down she knew all along. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I, w- I just got the feeling that she was quite overwhelmed. Mm. That everything sort of happened at the same time and the only thing she knew how to do in that moment was to run, which I sympathise with because I would have probably done the same if I found <laughs> out that, you know, the guy that uh, who's sort of hitting on me is basically hitting on me through someone else. Who, and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I would have I would have thought she was just overwhelmed by the whole thing. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a lot to accept as well. That someone A, someone's catfished you, but B, two people have been in on it. Because um, there's always that fear of humiliation as well, I think. Like, have they just been mm. doing it to ridicule me and make me a bit of a joke? Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with you. It's probably a little element of fear. Or maybe she's just not comfortable around people kissing, you know. <laughs> well, uh, with that, should we head to the scores? Unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Let's go. Hello folks, I'm Sam. And I'm Martin. And every week for the last five years we've got together to talk about the musician Tom Waits. He's a gravelly voice singer that sounded like he doused his vocal cords in bourbon and set fire to them with a cigarette (laughs) and wrote such classic songs as Way Down in the Hole, Downtown Train, Jersey Girl... Uh, He's also the gravelly-voiced actor from films such as The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Seven Psychopaths, both of which coincidentally are on Netflix and both of which Kobe and Helen have discussed here on Flixwatcher. So make sure you check those episodes out and when you have a little bit of a taste for the magic that is Tom Waits, why not head over to songbysongpodcast.com or search for Song by Song in your podcatcher of choice to listen to a little bit more about Tom Waits. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Neha, with your recommendability. I'm giving it a five. Um, it is a film that I've recommended to everyone. Anytime anyone says, oh, I don't know what to watch on Netflix. Mike, have you seen the half of it? So, yeah, straight up five. I've done it to Karis. <laughs> but she didn't watch it. I so know. Why, why, did, why didn't you watch it until until you're forced to at gunpoint to come on this on this podcast? I am like that with everything. I'm absolutely terrible, and I've always said if you like people who I used to work with, they'd bring me a DVD, and I find that an act of violence because now I have responsibility of this DVD. And yeah. just to slightly go off track, someone gave me Meet Joe Black. I didn't watch it for six months. <laughs> I think one one of the worst things for me is when someone says you got to watch this video on YouTube, and they they watch they, then they present it to me on their mobile phone. I got to watch it with them. I'm like, ah, if I don't like this, it's going to be the worst. If I but I, also if I really like this, it's still not. I'd rather just watch it in my own space and then coming back to them on WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, I'll remember on this time, <laughs> <laughs> on times two speed. Yeah. Um, my recommendability is going to be a five as well. Um, and I I think it. When I recommend this, I wouldn't tell anyone what it's about. I think I'd just let them kind of go for it. Like I think Neha just said to me, it's it's an LGBTQ, it's it's an Asian girl, you gotta watch it. And I was like, okay. Maybe you should have given me a bit more information and then I would have watched it sooner, actually. <laughs> Maybe the fact that you haven't watched it is my fault. Maybe this is just comes down to how I can't give synopsis. We've just seen it happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she does, yeah, she doesn't have a talent for that to be fair. No. <laughs> What's it about? No. Uh, Helen, <laughs> recommendability. Um, I mean, I, I love this film. However, I think there are people who would probably not be into it because it is totally not their vibe. So anyone who's kind of like enjoyed To All the Boys recently and is kind of like looking for something a little bit different for kind of like their teen slash rom-com kind of film, then this is definitely for them. But kind of like people who are really into John Wick and stuff, probably not going to be down with it. So I'm going to give it a very strong 4.5. Sick of shout. I'm going to give it a 4. Um, really enjoyed it, but I think it'd be harder for me to recommend it to people. Um, I would steer them towards To All The Boys and uh, Always Be My Maybe. Um, and also like things like Hearts Beat Loud, which is still generally one of my favourite films of the past my whole life. Um, <laughs> and this is this is kind of, it's in that kind of, that kind of vibe. I think it just, doesn't hit the kind of heights of those ones but it, yeah it's, it's still definite definite uh, recommend for people who i think are open, even slightly open-minded or just like team films now yeah repeat the score five i mean it only came out last year i've seen it three times already um oh. yeah and i think what i the reason it just it it feels very nostalgic and nostalgia is kind of my thing so um it feels quite comforting i feel like the ending you can view it five times and still take different meaning from it so yeah i give it a five well i know i've just given you that scene with a kiss and you next time you revisit it you'll maybe think you maybe come up with a theory and if you do send us a message i will uh karis repeat being score i i'm gonna go lower on this because when it comes to dramas and things that are quite emotional i don't like watching them again um just because they are just so emotional so like i will re-watch like fuddy duddy comedy films over and over again but this i'd probably give it a two because i feel like it was quite dramatic it packed a punch and i wouldn't want to watch it again unless i was sharing it with someone else so yeah i'd probably give it a two for this helen um 
So I'm not going to rush back and see it. Um, you know, I realise that there's just not enough time to rewatch films unless they're like your favourite film because they keep, keep making more and we've got like more streaming choices. That said, however, if someone was like, oh, I want to watch it, would you want to watch it with me? I'd be like, as long as it's not like tomorrow because I've just seen it like a few weeks ago, um, I'd probably be yes. Um, so I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I'm going to give it a I'll give it no. I'm going to give it a two. Um, I can't think of when. I think I'd watch other films ahead of it. Probably, it'll go time. It'll go like to the bottom of. It'll go like to the middle, bottom half of my rewatch list. And by just by weight of sheer numbers, won't likely make it to the top again. So I'm going to give it a a two. Sorry, what did you say? Alan? What was your score? Three. Three. Um, small screen score. I'm going to give going to give it quite low i think um i think if this is yeah if you haven't watched this movie movie before i think the cinematography and just sort of that the vibe that it has i think needs to be experienced on a bigger screen and obviously it went straight to streaming so neither any of us have watched it in the theaters um but do, i do would... you know anything about the release of this was it due to go in the cinemas or no it was, um, yeah it... it was a netflix oh was it caris no, yeah it, so it was at tribeca film festival and it was oh. meant to go because i think i can't remember who was going to pick it up now and um, but that pandemic thing happened and didn't go anywhere unfortunately but yeah it was because it went at the festival uh, i don't know if it won anything but it was like quite um heavily anticipated but but unfortunately, the pandemic and yeah, cinemas weren't top priority. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't recommend watching it on a smartphone and things, so I'd give it a two. Okay, um, Karis. I'm a bit torn on this because as much as it doesn't require a huge screen to take in the um, story, there's some really gorgeous cinematography in this film, particularly the kind of small town essence and like the road where he's running and she's on the bike. So I'm probably going to go for a three. I'm going to go in the middle because I wouldn't mind going to the cinema to see this, but Mm -hmm. I still think you could probably watch it on your iPad and get along just fine. Helen. For the sake of the other cinema goers who would have had to listen to me singing along to 17 because I just can't resist <laughs> that song. It's a good job that I did not see it in the cinema. Or I would have got some very like, shut up. Can't resist singing along to it because it's so good. Um, I, I, I enjoyed watching it um, at home. I would def. I mean, the, the title is a little bit of one of those kind of like non-titles and I would have been... Mm. Not really sure what this is about. Mm, probably not going to go. So it wouldn't be one I probably ever would have like seen. So without you kind of suggesting it, it would have just completely passed me by. And that it's on Netflix is kind of like the only reason I probably would have seen it. So I, I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give high four point five. This is you know at a time, especially with the Cinewell card and going to Picture Central like three times a weekend. I still I don't think this is the kind of film I would have seen at the, at the cinema. And I think I I got enough out of it from watching at home. That said, you know some of the shots are nice. I think I like the shots, the, the scenes in the in like the hot springs where they had the you know the side by side facing, you know, with you know feet pointing out to each from each other. I thought the shots like that were quite nice. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I think great for great for home viewing. Um, engagement score, yeah. So I, given that I've already watched it so many times, I I don't think it will be difficult for me to switch it off. If I feel like I'm like I've got literally got other things to do, so I'm going to give it a four. Um, but yeah, not because I don't like the film or I get bored by it, but just because I've seen it so many times already. Four is pretty strong for an engagement score. You, you seem self-deprecating uh, for it, uh, Karis. Um, I'm going to give it a three because I did feel like in the middle there was this sudden rush in the pace. 
and I felt like, did I switch off for 10 minutes? I didn't understand that. And I rewound it a little bit. Um, but I think I was captivated, but it is it is still a teen film. And I think sometimes you are a little bit like, oh, just bloody tell her already kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to go in the middle again on that one. Uh, Helen? Yeah, it's a good length. I don't think it overstays its welcome. Our 45 minutes is pretty good. Um, yeah, I just kind of had a real nice time with it. There's nothing, there's no like twists or anything that you're like oh if you went and made a drink or something you didn't pause it which would be a crime so like don't you know you can pause it but if you did that you probably would come back and it would be fine um so yeah strong four on that one i'm gonna go for 3.8 um similar kind of reasons i think it's kind of ticks along nicely and there are some there are some kind of peak points like in the church i think it's good and i I think some of the interactions with with uh, ellie and her dad were really really nice that were very subtle especially one thing i really liked was when paul was there happily watching the film sat between her and her dad and that just seemed like a really cozy situation and it's things like that which you, you kind of miss if you if you're twittering if you're second screening at the same time uh, so that gives us i'm going to go for 3.5 there and that gives us an overall score of 3.78125 yeah yeah uh and there can you tell us where we can find you online where your podcast is and say goodbye to all the listeners Hey everyone, or I should say bye everyone. You can find us at Not Having It All. You can stream us on Spotify, on Apple Music, wherever you get your shows. And you can find us on Twitter at Not Having It Pod. Um, couldn't fit the whole title in, sorry, but Not Having It Pod. Um, you can find <laughs> me at NehaJ underscore. And Karis, where can we find you? Uh, at just Karis. No, sorry. At Karis Rian. <laughs> <laughs> at just Karis. <laughs> just, just Karis. Yeah. Which would be quite a good Twitter name, just Karis. I know. Um, I feel like Will and Grace, just Jack. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and really enjoyed um, watching half of it. And there is a thing, as Helen said, about films with non-event names because it is so hard to remember them sometimes. They could and, have called like, it the name of the town. I can't Squahamish. Remember. Yeah. Squahamish. Something Squahamish or taco sausage or something. I don't mm. know. Ta- yeah. Taco. So- I could see taco sausage and that drawing a crowd in. Yeah. yeah. More people have would have watched it. That could be a fun exercise for us now, hey, is to rename rom-coms with, like, strange I, titles. I, that's exactly what I want. When you do that, tell us when it comes out. We're going to we'll retweet it. Nice. Nah, the hell out of that one. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a good one. Films with non-event titles, and you rename the title. Yeah. You rename Going the film. I mean, and absolutely. one of them should be, be Hearts Beat Loud, because that's some, like, three different people told me, Kobe, you'll love this film, this film. And it's someone's like, what's the name again? Okay, good. <laughs> so what's that again? <laughs> fine fine sorry what's up? um it's just literally falls out of my head <laughs> uh thank you so much guys it's been a pleasure thanks thank for coming you so on. much thank you bye bye, bye. bye. enjoyed this episode of flicks watcher podcast why not leave us a five-star review on itunes you can also follow us at flicks watcher pod on twitter and we're at flicks watcher on instagram Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood Audio. Tell them Flicks Watcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.